You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Cooligans, buddy. And it is quite the show today. I am solo today, well, obviously with uh, Miguelito, uh, but I'm excited about today's show because we have an incredible guest that is is on the wide shot, but is not on the solo. <laughs> It'd be weird if he was also in my ISO, <laughs> uh, but I'm absolutely honored. Welcome to the show. My name is Christian Polanco, but you are here uh, to... Uh, just witnessed something awesome uh, with an incredible guest that I'm a huge fan of, and we have a, a lot of connections. We have uh, a lot to discuss. You've seen him on Ted Lasso. He has a solo show uh, coming out really, really soon, uh, so go see that. But everybody, please give a warm round of applause to Brendan Hunt. Brendan, what's up, man? Hello, Christian. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute honor. This is uh, really cool. Obviously, I think a lot of people... Uh, know you and I, I feel like especially with with the hat walking down the street you're you're like almost always in character <laughs> are you is it uh you know i mean the last few years have been pretty wild but uh just walking through new york is this uh are you getting hey coach beard what's good what's up um uh new york has been uh, perhaps predictably very chill okay um uh Anywhere else I go, not chill. Not chill at all. Mm. Uh, the New Yorkers, are, we don't, yeah, no. We're not going to, we're not going to, it's almost, if we are excited to see you, you're bothering us. Like, why are you in our space? Why are you making me feel something? To my day to has a flow. You're fucking up my flow. Without a doubt. Uh, so, no, I'm, I'm honored that you're here. Um, yeah, obviously, you you have a solo show. Uh, and and happening at the Soho Playhouse, right? Yes, sir. And uh, I, so I just want to give you an opportunity, just to let people know uh, about it, and and uh, you know what what you know what what made you you know actually from going to after being on a very popular hit show, and I I know there's a there's a, there's a, always a lot of passion projects, a lot of things. There's something about on stage and live performance, uh, especially as a stand up comedian, that doesn't doing you know filmed projects is not always the same, uh, but Getting to do this, what what was the inspiration? Why now? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, even before Ted Lasso, I was always doing a lot of theater and the occasional solo show and stuff. Yeah, um, and um, uh, this is one of those where like I just kind of feel the uh, the compulsion based on like kind of what the story is, um, and uh, it, it, the main there's not much soccer at the show. Sorry, okay. Sorry, but heads up, let everybody know. Um, but there is a, a a tinge of Ted Lasso because what happened was, um, as we we're finishing season three, but we we're taking like a writing break, and um, and it's called the, it was called the writer strike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was still to come, my friend. Um, um, and uh, we're uh, we're writing the show, and Jason gets these uh, uh, texts uh, from the manager of the Foo Fighters. Now that weekend 
was at Wembley was going to be the gigantic uh, Taylor Hawkins Memorial All Star Tribute Show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and he's getting texts from yeah the, the tour manager of the Foo Fighters, and they're like, hey, we're rehearsing for the show like 15 minutes away from where you guys are. And Jason's like, oh, okay, well, you know, we got we got work to do. Like, well, here's the thing: there's also a, a big special guest who's playing the show is not going to be announced until the night, and uh, it's Paul McCartney. And Jason's like, oh, well, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. I heard him. And, uh, yeah, remember when I said you're a 15-minute walk away? Well, Paul starts rehearsing in 15 minutes, and would you like to come over and bring some friends? And like, <laughs> so I'm a huge Beatles fan. Was that an impersonation of Ringo? No, that's <laughs> me. <laughs> sadly, sadly, that's just me. Um, and so I go over there, or we're going over there, and like, we don't know if we're going to meet Paul McCartney, but I am just... I am I'm terrified. I'm fraught because, like, uh, I don't want to be someone who, uh, you know, meets – am I allowed to swear in this show? Yeah, go for it. I don't want to be I, someone who meets Paul McCartney and fucks it up, you yeah, know? Right. <laughs> um, and so um, I have all these – all this family history with the Beatles from literally my first memory, you know, through, like, the birth of my son. But I can't talk to Paul McCartney about that. And so – but what that did was it pushed it all down. <laughs> and now it has to come out. <laughs> and in the show, I tell everyone there – all the things I could not tell Paul McCartney. Gotcha. Uh, okay. All right. So, you know, I, I might end up doing a, a, a solo show with all the things I couldn't tell Brandon Hunt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm quite excited to meet him. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's awesome. All right. So I, you did mention Ted Lasso uh, and, and, and the final, I, I'm not going to say final season because who, who knows what, what the future holds. But uh, I, as a fan of the show, and, and uh, I think you, Ted Lasso, came out in in a very interesting time right obviously during the pandemic it was a it, it felt like a lot of people felt like it saved their you know lockdown or something like that. it gave them a sense of uh, uh, hope and sanity it was just a, it was so incredibly charming and then uh i i've heard you on other shows uh talk about this about you know everybody once they fell in love with the show they were just like when's the next one When's the next season coming out? Uh, and I can understand uh, how, you know, it's it's very taxing to put on a show like that. It's obviously a huge cast, a lot of work writing it. I have friends that are uh, writers on the show. Jamie Lee is uh, a, a comedian friend of mine. And uh, the, so I'm, I'm, as a fan, I just want to talk about the, 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 the last season where I genuinely felt like the, there wasn't. I felt the uncertainty of the like. Is there gonna be an, another season? Mm -hmm. Right. We 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 did get the tease of like the 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 women's team, the the Richmond uh, women's team. Um, but there was something to like. It, it it was wrapped up. It was wrapped up in a way where I'm like. So I'm just curious. What was your perspective and 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 rewatching it mm -hmm. of like, is it did it feel okay of like if it is the end did it feel all right did it settle and be like okay we we close that chapter uh yeah you know um i mean here's the thing is like years ago when we we're putting the show together we you know before we we met bill lawrence before we got hooked up with apple uh me and joe and jason always saw it as the three-part thing and we were following the 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 model of the uk office of six episodes six episodes yeah. movie and so we kind of always had an, an ending in sight um and we were always going to, you know, get to that point. Now, turns out along the way, um, uh, there were surprisingly a lot of people who started watching the show yeah, uh, yeah. who uh, don't want it to end, <laughs> and they're quite they're quite strident about it. Actually, right, right. they they want like I, I think as as the American audience started loving the show more and more, it started feeling like, well, this is going to be Grey's Anatomy, right? Where we go for forty five <laughs> seasons, Days of Our Lives, of so Like you're always gonna, you're never gonna end it because I love these characters so much. But there, there's something flattering to that because 
you know, they always say, especially as uh, comedy uh, writers and producers, they always say, like, you keep the audi- audience sort of wanting more. But you you kept them, you gave them a hit of, like, the absolutely most addictive drug, and we're like, hey, we ran out. <laughs> what are we going to do? So, so that, mu- that must, it's a difficult thing to balance, but I'm sure there's uh, a lot of thought behind it. Uh, yeah, it's just that we were, yeah, we were just committed to this, like, journey and then you know it's like all right we're going here we're going here we're going here and like what what you all want us to do what it's like you're it's like you're at a party like a big party and you're bringing drinks to someone but on your way to bringing drinks someone's like christian and you're and you're like I, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're stuck in this combo <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen you in so long it's just that uh, this drink contains the antidote i gotta i gotta get <laughs> over there you know um you know, we still had to, like, get to where we're going. Um, but, yeah, as you say, the door is not completely closed, you know, so so we'll see. If we, uh, you know, we had to take the, like, just-in-case, um, you know, vibe in all directions. Like, you know, just-in-case is the end, let's end it. And just-in-case yeah. is not the end, let's yeah. let's throw in a few uh, seedlings uh, so we can sprout them later if we, if we end up, you know, being allowed to. Yeah, one thing, uh, you know, we had um, uh, Christo and, and Toheeb on the show a couple nice. years ago, um, and... And then I also, uh, I was at MLS All-Star in Los Angeles, and Crystal was there. I mean, just, dude, the guy, can't, he can't walk five feet without uh, somebody asking for a photo. And he was just so kind and, and gracious. But the, uh, you know, I've interviewed a couple people uh, from the cast. And just a cool thing about, you, you've, like, changed these people's lives. I mean, it's <laughs> like, you know, actors love a great opportunity, but there's something specific about this show that again, people love the characters so much. I mean, in the in the conversations about who the characters, uh, you know, would be as far as like when just on paper, uh, did you think at all that it would resonate this deeply with with other just human beings who really just love these characters? I mean, we were we were gonna we were gonna be showing our show on a streaming service that didn't exist. Right. You know, we, <laughs> we, we had no idea about any of it. Um, but in terms of like, you know. You know, changing folks' lives. You know, have worked on the show. Um, that that is one of the great thrills of it. Is you know, because like we didn't know any of these people before we started working on it. We never worked with any of these people before, yeah. except uh, you know, Jason knew Juno a little bit, and um, Brett had worked with with Bill Lawrence a little bit. Um, but Brett originally was a writer. He wasn't going to be cast in the show, and then right. he 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 made the right moves. Uh, yeah, to bring saw, that in, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, w- a great story too. He yeah. j- he was in the writers' room and was like, you know, I'm think I think I'm this guy, <laughs> <laughs> and just you know willed it, which is such a cool yeah. thing because he wasn't afraid to to shoot his shot and and yeah. ended up being one of the. And he, he, he picked the. He picked the timing right as well. Um, don't everyone in the writer's room go like saying, like, hey, guys, stop a second. You know what? I think I should play Dr. Karnakopus. Um, um, but it, everyone was awesome. Like, there was not an asshole in the bunch. Um, and if people are, are having positive things happen to them, it is largely because of who they are as people. Um, and we were just very, very lucky to find them. Amazing. I, I, I know um, our producer, uh, Mike, his brother had a question. And why Yeah, would, no, he was just curious. Is that your brother who lives in Nice? No, uh, he doesn't live there. He was visiting there. Yeah, the same okay, one. Got it, the got same it, got one. It, got he wanted it. to ask. Um, Michael is wearing a Nice shirt, everybody. Yeah, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not just randomly shouting out <laughs> French beach town names. You know. All right. <laughs> Um, but his big question was, uh, what was your favorite episode to record? What was your favorite episode to film, like, as it was happening? Uh, the Amsterdam episode, for okay. sure. Um, you know, I used to live in Amsterdam. That's where I fell in love with football. Um, Joe Kelly and Jason Sudeikis also did shifts in Amsterdam at the same comedy theater called Boom Chicago. And um, it's just irrevocably part of the sort of or- origin DNA of Ted Lasso, even though Ted Lasso did not exist 
there or anywhere else until the NBC thing in 2013. Um, but to be able to go back to this city that means so much to me um, uh, and uh, stay in a hotel for the first time. <laughs> like I've been uh, I've been back to Amsterdam over and over again, but I'm always like on a friend's couch or yeah. Airbnb. But um, oh, when you're working, yeah, here, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. put you up at one of those fancy hotels that you yeah. used to bike past drunk all the time. <laughs> um, and that was a uh, yeah, that was a unique that was a unique and singular thrill. Yeah. Um, one weird like uh, you know uh, um, inside baseball thing about it. So you know, bike culture is very real in Amsterdam, and that's why we have it so much in the episode. And we knew we wanted to have this long, like, chat between um, uh, Roy and Jamie on bikes because, like, that's, you know, the best part sometimes. It's like your bike, you've gone to some party that is, yeah. you know, a half-hour bike ride away and you're biking back and you're, you know, you're just chatting with each other. And we asked the Dutch crew, like, so how do you usually, how do you usually, we assume you have a way to, like, light, you know, an entire bike ride? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, no. No, actually, no, we don't, uh, <laughs> we've never shot one of those. Like, how could you have never shot one? That's, that's the yeah, basis yeah, of Dutch life. <laughs> the <laughs> bike's literally strewn all about the Amsterdam. Yeah. So, like, we, we may or may not have invented how to shoot, how to light a nighttime bike yeah. scene uh, in, in the Dutch yeah, film it's industry. A, it's a classic scene. I, I mean, what, was there anything incredibly complicated? I guess as a, I've never, I don't work in lighting, but it doesn't sound like it would be that crazy, no, right? Well, you had to... They had these like inflatable lights, you okay, know, those, yeah, like yeah. nylon uh, mm -hmm. ones, and they so they, they were on top of a van, and you know you don't really aim those so much; you just kind of put them there, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, they shoot out. and then you know we just had to go back the whole time. But because it was such a long shot, yeah, um, you know there was some complications to it that are above my pay grade, but uh, <laughs> but it, it was not as easy as we thought it would be, and it was very cool to like. You know, throw the Dutch crew uh, a new challenge. Amazing, yeah. yeah I, look, I, I th that was uh, that that episode was very uh, iconic, and you could tell as you were in character there, and you know, in 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 every scene, you were also really happy doing the scenes. You know what I mean? I, I could tell there was a a, a genuine joy, and then. Uh, you know, uh, I, I haven't performed. I've been to Amsterdam. I didn't uh, perform stand-up. I performed a, a couple other places in Europe. But as a uh, improviser and and working um, in Europe, is it the the are the Dutch similar to the Germans with like humor and stuff like that? Because I've heard it, that it can be uh, you know a little bit like they don't necessarily always get the sarcasm. I don't know if the Dutch are, are the exact same. But where, uh, what were the comedic? sort of hurdles and adjustments uh, to, to performing. You know what it comes down to is whether or not you're in a country who, when they watch uh, American or English television, whether it's subtitled or dubbed. Uh, in Germany, it's dubbed. Uh, in Holland, it's subtitled. So um, Dutch people have a much uh, quicker uh, intake on uh, American and English comedy and inflections because they've heard it done as it's actually done. Gotcha. Um, and and they just speak incredible English. They speak it better than we do. It's irritating. And <laughs> now, mind you, when you're doing comedy for them, they're drunk, and and it, it will revert to English as a second language. Sure. Um, um, but that teaches you about you know commitment. You know commitment on stage. Like you've got to try to reach them. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there's you know it's like a 300 seat theater uh, in those days, and which for those well, those of us at the time that was like 300 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, it um, yeah they they generally they generally got it, but we also had to like 
I want to quite say pander to them. You know, like we knew we were going to make fun of Dutch people, so like we had to make fun of Americans first. Yeah, that yeah. was always key. <laughs> you got to be likable. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, the I, like I've done stand up in Dublin, and I, and this is what I what I. How's their, how's their English over there? Uh, you know what? It's a little difficult to understand. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a couple of, you know what? The, the, the colloquialisms were like the biggest challenge for me because um, like I was there for, um, I, I was doing stand-up, but I, my brother is a, is a professional handball player. So uh, what? <laughs> so so but, you know, but not like uh, Olympic handball, uh-huh. like which is soccer on the you know on the on a court. What, what Mad Max handball? Like what are we what are we talking about? Like uh, like squash, but with your hands. So it, you're hitting the ball with your hands instead of a racket, <laughs> right? So there was a big and there's professionals who do that. <laughs> That's everyone else's reaction to that. Whatever Christian does. There's a story. huge tournament in Ireland, uh, the the World Championships, and they and they were, I mean. Uh, it must have been nearly a thousand players of like different age groups and stuff like that. Um, so that's what I was there for, and I would would be watching the games, and Irish people would come up to me at, watching a match, and they'd be like, "Who you up for?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" And I'm like, yeah, "Who you up for?" And I'm like, "Who?" I, I understand the word you're saying, like, "Who are you up for?" But I don't know what that means. And they're like, "Who do you want to win?" I'm like, "Ah." Okay, but there was there was like a dozen of those where I'm just like I feel like a stupid American. Yeah. I'm like I know the words you're saying, but I literally yeah. I don't know the the cool Irish slang that's uh, being <laughs> are you thrown. Challenging in. me to a fight? <laughs> are you are you? It could have Are been. we asking about gambling? <laughs> what what was but, happening right now? But the cool thing I enjoyed about doing comedy there was that I got to learn. Uh, I, I and I feel this a lot with stand up when you you watch other comics and you see what the audience is laughing at. You get a quick understanding of like the culture. Very quickly. So in Ireland, um, they were, they were um, you know, a lot of issues with, like, austerity uh, and stuff like that. So they were, um, they were like, bailouts. This, I forgot. Mm. This was in 2012 or something like that. And they were making fun of the Germans. And it, you, everybody, the fact that Germany bailed out the rest of the European Union financially, they, it was, like, the most hilarious thing. It was just like, yeah, like... You, like a we're a welfare state, like who cares or whatever they're paying for it or whatever. But you got to very quickly understand what the lay of the land was, even mm-hmm. though I was just there for like two weeks. But I imagine from a comedy perspective, you must have learned a lot about the culture of Europe. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people traveled uh, from different parts of the uh, of the continent uh, to be there. But I, I wonder what was uh, what did you learn about comedy while you were performing there? Um. Um. The commitment thing, you know, I, I, is 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 really what you take away the most from there, um, because when you have, and this touches, I touch on this a little bit in my show, um, because it's been charitably described as being like the Beatles in Hamburg, you know, um, you're getting your ten thousand hours, you're performing constantly, but yeah, it's English as a second language, and they're drunk, and you got to try to reach them, and. Um, so you have to be fully committed to every single scene because if you drop it all, because you, you're literally trying to draw them in, they're, they're not, they're not even facing the stage, you know, right, like right. they're, they're sitting sideways <laughs> and they've got fucking dinner and beer and like, uh, uh-huh, okay, huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, and like you got to, you've got to get them and like not even just when you're doing the scenes or, or the improvs, like even when you're introducing, uh, the scenes and just talking to the audience, um, or when you are behind the person who is introducing the scene, like, like, Everyone's got to be focused all the time um, because every time we drop focus, we invite everyone in the audience to also drop focus. Okay. Um, so it just, it just, yeah, it just trains you to keep your energy full um, 
and play the whistle. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I did improv for for, for about five, six years at UCB. Nice. Um, and I, I was in a indie group as well. Um, I haven't said this name in years, but I, it was all it was eight dudes, and our team name was Tickles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we would we would start every show, and we're like, "Hey, everybody!" I would usually introduce them, we're like, "Hey, everybody!" We're Tickles, and the 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 team behind me for some reason they just made this choice one day. They used to go. <laughs> before <laughs> before we started uh, and it was just surreal but it was some of the most fun I ever had yeah. I, you know, I, I think I just stopped doing improv because I was doing so much stand up and it, it was really the main thing I wanted to focus on and then I, I started performing uh, you know we would do uh, uh, shows here and there and I just noticed that my teammates were just so unbelievably good and I was just like man I can't I'm holding the team back by not <laughs> contributing uh, as much as I really should because I was doing so much stand-up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And by the way, I feel like we started without Alexis. Should we wait for Alexis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, this is, you know, Alexis just strolls in in the middle of the interview. You don't have to worry about Okay, cool. Because I was told Cooligans was plural. And I just, I just want to. Okay, weird. Brennan, you are the second Cooligan. So congratulations. You passed the audition. Well, Alexis is in London, and he's obviously, he's a big Arsenal supporter. So you are the replacement. Arsenal supporter, I, I, I do want to ask you <laughs> just your thoughts on this team. Uh, you know, had a, a little bit of a rut, a couple, you know, for about a month or so, uh, but a big win against uh, Liverpool. But, uh, I mean, how do you become an Arsenal supporter? And then, boom, how how are how are you feeling about this uh, this year? Uh, became an Arsenal supporter. I didn't, I wasn't into soccer at all until I moved to uh, Amsterdam. I uh, had been vaguely cognizant of the 94 World Cup and I was uh, waiting tables at a restaurant in the 98 World Cup where the down part of my shift happened to coincide with the main matches being played. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, our kitchen staff, like, demanded that the World Cup be shown. I was like, all right, fine, okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, but, like, I was really kind of drawn in then a little bit, you know, and the Dutch team in particular were really interesting to me because, you know, A, you know, not a lot of orange otherwise on this uh, tournament. And, uh, and Edgar Davids was, like, Edgar Davis will really like draw you in. Yeah, of course, <laughs> you know, in a yeah. big way. Um, but yeah, '99, I moved to Amsterdam, and uh, you know, and you know, you can't you can't stream any of your sports then. There's no broadband. Yeah. Uh, and Michael Jordan had retired anyway, so um, <laughs> I was like, all right, soccer, I'll give you a chance. Go to a couple IX games. I'm like, okay, this is this is cool. Um, start following Holland a little bit, um, but eventually there's just not enough English language coverage of that. Um, so I start drifting to the Premier League a little bit. And um, there was kind of a natural flow toward Arsenal because of Dennis Bergkamp and, uh, yeah, yeah. and Mark Overmars. Um, 
And so I'm watching some Arsenal games. Like, they're fun. And then there was one day in particular, I'm with my aunt who's visiting, and we're crossing the lines of line, and, you know, near where my theater was, and we go past the Sky Sports Cafe. Um, and there's a game on, and I, I see from the score, and, like, I'm at the point in, like, becoming a soccer fan where you're like, they, they put the home team first. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's and, the home. It's not at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right, Chelsea 2, Arsenal nothing in the 70th minute. Oh, well, I mean, uh, and my aunt, bless her heart, just, just like, gets it. And she's like, I'm going to go to this internet cafe. Remember internet cafes? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to check my email. Like, all right, great. So I That's why you put a quarter in the computer. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, kids. Um, so I watched the last 20 minutes of this game. Um, and in that 20 minutes, Canu scores a hat trick. Um, with each goal uh, being better than the last. That's not quite true. The second goal, the ball literally got caught in the mud. And he kicked it in. <laughs> but the third goal was borderline physically impossible. Um, and it was it came from a botched clearance. Like somehow Ed DeHuy, uh, the Chelsea goalkeeper, who's just panicked by Canu. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like he's scored two goals in the last you know, 15 minutes. And uh, Ed DeHuy like races all the way out to the, <laughs> to the right touchline. And, um, and he tries to clear it, but it just bounces off Canu. And so uh, Canu then from the corner basically – Swerves it in to the net as two different Chelsea defenders uh, like do identical synchronized swimming <laughs> lunges toward it, and it was like, well, shit, these these are my guys. Yeah, okay. yeah. Wow, look, Auntie's a gooner. Yeah, I mean, she just <laughs> brought you on board. <laughs> what a great. Uh, so look, this year, it, look, even talk about last year, it was just so. Kind of disappointing uh, towards the end uh, in first place for for a lot of the year, but you know Manchester City's gonna Manchester City, <laughs> and uh, but this year it's closer. Manchester City is, uh, I believe, tied on points right now. Um, but do you feel it? Is it po- is it possible for Arsenal to do it this year? It's possible. It is possible. Um, you need to hope that the the early season. Failings of Man City will last all season, but they tend to not fail the they second don't. half of the yeah, season. Yeah, that's, um, that's really the issue. They were down one against uh, the, in their last game and ended up winning three one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you got to hope for that. And um, the other key is, I think, is is Martinelli. Um, Martinelli has had uh, a bit of a drought in this first half of the season. He's scored very few goals, but they're all big goals. Mm-hmm. But Given his age and given what he did last year, I'm hoping for a reversion to mean. And like his the second half of the season, he explodes um, and he becomes the goal scorer that they should have picked up uh, in the January window, um, but did not. Um, because because the goal's got to come from somewhere, and I think I think they are overdue to come from him. Okay, yeah, it's a look. I'm an Everton fan, uh, and. I just uh, if, if Arsenal could just gift us the ten points that the Premier League deducted, it would be <laughs> would be lovely. That'd be a kind gesture. If you're not gonna win the league, just give us the points. I mean, this be that's the kind thing to do. Uh, but yeah, it is a complicated, uh, uh, you know, sort of feel. Why I'm does get- Arsenal have to give you the points? Yeah, what about this? Eighteen other teams. <laughs> Look, I just uh, I'm just I'm just begging at this point, you know. <laughs> I'm just like, please, please, uh, uh, <laughs> listen, a couple Premier League points, please. Uh, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask, yeah, I did see a, um, you know, you mentioned obviously the Beatles and the solo show being about the Beatles, but you mentioned on 
uh, Kimmel. You want Kimmel mm -hmm. and about being an Anglophile. And mm -hmm. you have a great uh, uh, story just about <laughs> uh, pretending to be British for uh, like a whole summer or something yeah. like that for a summer job. Yeah. <laughs> but what? <laughs> How do you feel about it now? Is it like just like, <laughs> are you proud of yourself? I'll be proud of yourself. For being keeping the bit going for that long, I don't even know if I could do that. It's like uh, you know, a method acting at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't. It literally was just a spur of the moment decision <laughs> as I'm walking to this job interview, um, and it was because you know, my, a friend of mine worked for this company too, but she was quitting, gotcha. but she wanted to like introduce me, so she takes me to like the main, you know, tour stand at the at the then Sears Tower. Um, but I don't talk to anybody because they, they sent me to the office. And then she's like, all right, you go to the office down here. So I'm walking by myself. And I'm like, well, they didn't – I mean, they don't know who I am. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't hear me talk. <laughs> For all they know, I can be English. Wait a minute. <laughs> and then I go in. I go in. I'm like, am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? And like, I go in. The lady's on the phone. And she gives me the you – know, one moment, please. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, how can I help you? And I'm like <clears> – <throat> May I have an application, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great. Uh, and you were, I believe you were 16 or 17 at the time? Yeah, it was the summer I turned 17, yeah. So, I mean, the the confidence to do that <laughs> is like, I, I remember myself, I wouldn't have, even if it was like a girl asking, I'm like, no, I'm not going to be, I'm like, I'm just going to be shy and nervous. Because uh, I, I didn't, I like, I didn't start doing comedy until I was about 23, 24. So I, and I, I wasn't like a theater kid. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I went to school for computer science and stuff like that. So that's why I, I kind of respect it so much. It was just the the recklessness of it all. But then to be like, okay, this is who I'm going to be for, uh, you know, because sometimes when you go from like junior high school to high school, you're like, these people don't know who I am. I'm going to be the Fonz. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be cool. That's what I thought. I was gonna be like, yeah. I'm not going to go in with this uh, shy little virgin or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is... Kids, it's okay to be a virgin at 14. Trust me. Uh, don't, 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 don't let anybody shame you for that. Just let it happen. Don't make <laughs> it, it happen. Let it happen. Okay? It's going to be fine. Even in college, like me, it was still okay. Even though, even though that's, Cosign. When I, Cosign. <laughs> that's when I started getting bullied. But it's don't let them win. Um, <laughs> so I love that. Uh, but you mentioned being an Anglophile. Uh, and and the you know you, obviously the uh, the the Beatles are a big part of the of the solo mm -hmm. show and the you know I'm I uh, I grew up in Brooklyn a Dominican kid immigrant family the Beatles weren't playing you know very often <laughs> I really had to search and find uh, the Beatles but when I found the Beatles I was like oh I get it like everybody's talking about these guys and they they, they seem to be pretty awesome um, but the, the your interest with um, the UK and just being mm -hmm. and the, and the English, um, were the Beatles just a huge part of that, or the, were there other more kind of influences? Beatles were the f first and biggest foundational block of that. Um, but then uh, I saw um, on a school field trip, um, I saw a production of Midsummer Night's Dream that absolutely blew the doors off me. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what? And then got really into Shakespeare and like took a Shakespeare summer workshop during high school once. Um, and you know, on PBS on Sunday nights, they would have this run of English shows. Um, uh, the first one I didn't watch. I think it was either Upstairs, Downstairs, or Have You Been Served. But that was clearly dumb, and I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> but then it was Monty Python, um, which I didn't always get, but I was always fascinated by. Sure, yeah. uh, Dave Allen at large. Dave Allen was a, I believe, uh, Northern Irish uh, comedian who would basically just sit in a chair facing the audience with a whiskey and a cigarette and tell jokes that probably would get him canceled <laughs> now um, uh, and do the occasional sketch. And then Doctor Who. Uh, and, like, 
all the rest was built up to Doctor Who. Like, Doctor Who was my yeah. shit more than any of that other stuff. Um, and yeah, just didn't really realize it, but I was becoming an Anglophile. Not to the degree of, of liking the royal family. Like, my <laughs> mom watched the royal wedding, um, and I had zero interest in that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but that just, that just kept on going. And then, um, you know, like, I'm, I'm of Irish uh, descent, um, and I lived in Amsterdam, but when I went to London for the very first time, um, nowhere else have I felt more at home more quickly than walking the streets of London. And this was like 2000. Um, I just, I really, really love it there, but of course I do. I've been practicing for it yeah, since yeah. I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've been prepping for this moment my entire life. No, I, I feel that way about Ireland. Uh, uh, when I left Ireland, uh, I had while I was in Dublin, I did this tour of um, Kilmainham Jail, which is a uh, a prison where you know the, the the English I think had taken over and like they had imprisoned a lot of Irish rebels, mm-hmm. and I go to the store. It's obviously very very uh, sad and 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 disturbing, but they they filmed um, uh, in the name of the Father. Uh, oh the, yeah, the yeah. Day Lewis. Uh, was that film. was that the prison where that took place? Yes, yes, yes. So I I saw that film and I just was like. I just sort of immediately connected with Irish culture and this mm-hmm. the, the, sort of the rebellious nature. That movie's great. And the movie's great. And then I was just obsessed with every Irish film, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> I, uh, Did you like the film? <laughs> <laughs> that was another one. I had to be like, so, what? Yeah, you couldn't understand that, but you were just like, this is it for me, bro. This is I, it. Was, I, I was, I was, so the, 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 the wind that shakes the barley, my left foot, uh, I just went on this binge of Irish mm-hmm. uh, uh, films and I just fell in love with the like the culture. So it's, it's always been a place I'm like, I, I got to go back. And, and yeah. uh, you know, even though while I'm in Ireland, I don't necessarily look like I'm Irish. <laughs> uh, and the, the, honestly, the most interesting thing, and it's kind of sweet, but the Irish there are like, you can tell they haven't met many uh, people of color. Uh-huh. And they there's a giddiness when they talk to you. <laughs> and there's a little bit of like, he's a person of color. He's also from New York. I gotta be on my best. Like I got, I got to impress this young man. Uh, and it was a lot. Of, it was very sweet. Uh, but I'm like, you know, watch more TV. I don't know. What to think. <laughs> <laughs> Find it. There's 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 black Irish people. <laughs> we gotta do it. Okay. Um, a couple other things. Uh, wrap up. I just wanna um mention this. Obviously, I'm wearing uh, the Grant Wall jersey from Olive in York. Uh, Grant Wall, also uh, uh, a friend of yours. Also, yeah, you know, and, and it was a great moment in Ted Lasso where you, you are uh, reading his book. And I know the, the, the books that you were reading were big, obviously a big part uh, of the show as well. But uh, obviously, you know, we've spoke, spoken about Grant for uh, obviously a very long time on, on this show. And obviously his passing was very, very difficult. But the, you know, uh, we, can you talk about your relationship with him and friendship and how you got to know him? Sure. Um, you know, they say in 98, for that World Cup, I was not uh, into things yet, but I was an avid reader of Sports Illustrated, and they had a big uh, World Cup article um, that successfully predicted France to win, and like, and that was notable to me. Like France, France, yeah, like, because yeah. if you're not into soccer, like, French and athlete didn't go together okay, at all. Yeah, like, yeah. What, <laughs> what is one French athlete you've ever heard of sure. in any other sport before that? We're very that? biased. We're very, we're really <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is geographical. I understand. Um, but uh, you know, they're uh, they're uh, dancers and lovers and cat burglars. Right, they're right. not athletes. Um, <laughs> they eat cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know. <laughs> so like, all right, okay. Well, you're saying, who wrote this? Grant Wall. Okay, a guy named Grant Wall. And then I just remember that name and, like, over the years was always uh, reading him wherever he was. 
Um, and as we get toward, as we get into Ted Lasso time, he invites me and uh, Jason to be on his podcast, and we have a nice time uh, doing that. It uh, turns out him and Jason went to rival high schools. Um, yeah, yeah, basketball rival city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, and then he was in London for the um, the big. Uh, England USA women's match. Yeah, that was like you know European champions versus world champions, mm-hmm. and um, he England uh, England won that game. Uh, uh, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a tough week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the U.S. national team, um, and um, the next day he came uh, came to Richmond, like basically on his way to the airport, and I just walked him around Richmond, and uh, it's the one and only time that I you know got to meet him, um, but it was a great, great day. Like you know, showed him all the stuff. Had a had a beer at this site. Had a beer at that site. Um, and uh, you know, he came to the house and uh, you know met my kid and yeah, and then a few months later, uh, yeah, he he he's gone. Yeah, um, it, it's obviously a very difficult. Uh, you know, I mean, the, I think the 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 good thing, and I, you know, I was um, at his memorial and just hearing all the uh, impact he had and, and so many positive stories uh, of of so many people he helped, and we were uh, you know uh, that as well. He was just always kind of. Just looking out for us, helpful, either recommend people. I honestly think we're on uh, Meadowlock Media. I don't think we would be on Meadowlock Media if it wasn't for Grant Wall and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, I just wanted to get your, uh, your perspective uh, as well. Uh, the You mentioned Kansas City real quick. I just wanted to say the, uh, the 2026 World Cup, uh, obviously coming to the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Um, Kansas City has uh, two sites, uh, but I believe Chicago has zero. Uh, so I, I view in uh, Zunakis, uh I've been any sort of talking point because that Chicago's left out and Kansas City get two venues. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, no, I mean it's because it's been known for a while. Chicago's okay, okay. gonna have any, and like uh, it, it's it would be reciprocal talking points because the one thing would be like, ah, we got uh, World Cup games, and it's like, yeah, well, we have a, a city government with uh, <laughs> you know um, uh, a, a less corruption <laughs> and who you don't want to yeah, deal with FIFA. We can't say no corruption, just, uh, less, just less. less. That's as good as it gets in this country. All right. Um, the, the last question I have for you, uh, and I'll let you go. This is just from uh, this is from one of our fans. Uh, this is Gully Squad. This is our- Alexis, get in here, buddy. You're going to miss it. <laughs> Alexis! <laughs> he asked, uh, this is, oh, oh I just uh, removed it. Okay. Uh, this is from Luke Sturgio. He asked a question. Um, obviously, as Coach Beard, what's your beard care routine? You have one. I don't know if anybody's uh, ever asked you about that. But. I do. I, uh, I I do beard oil every morning, and uh, and I um, my very first day on Ted Lasso, my uh, makeup lady, uh, the wonderful Nikki Springall, uh, she she started brushing my beard with this big ass brush. I was like, oh, should I be doing that? She's like, yeah, of course you should be doing that. And at the end of the season, she gave me that brush, and I still have that brush today. Amazing. And I brush it, uh, you know. Because also, I can go full, like, <laughs> I'm not going to do it here because I got meetings. But uh, <laughs> I can go full Jack Black with it at this point. It's, get, it's getting good and long. Um, but, you know, as long as you can just guide it down, guide yeah. it straight, then you're going to be able to get into uh, a lot of parties that wouldn't otherwise want you there. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not as familiar with beard care. Uh, it's not really been a thing I've had to think about, but... Uh, it's cool to know, you know, that that was one of the things you stole from set. Uh, the, the <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically, yes. <laughs> uh, well, Brendan Hunt, this has been uh, so cool. Can you just uh, mention where people can get tickets for the solo show and all that stuff? You bet. Um, it's playing Soho Playhouse. If you go to the Soho, Play, Soho Playhouse website, um, 
Uh, that'll be your best bet. I think it's on also like uh, might be on TKTS. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, or one of the other like TKTS knockoffs that I should know the name of, and I'm sure our <laughs> wonderful organizations that do a lot of good work for the consumer. Um, uh, but Soho Playhouse website will get you there. I think we're sold out Friday. We're definitely not sold out tonight. I don't know if this goes out in time, but uh, um, Saturday is close to selling out, okay. and it'll it'll eventually come around. You know, the whole country uh, at some point, because it's uh, it's going very well. But I gotta have a baby first, uh, oh. so I'm, I'm I'm jamming all this stuff in before we have our baby in March. Okay, I, I I've never heard of uh, you know love making as called jamming it all jamming it in. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but hey man, whatever whatever works. Uh, hey man. We, <laughs> we all spell you, romance differently. You, you, gotta, know? you gotta tell your kids about the birds and the bees somehow. <laughs> uh, but no, congratulations. Uh, the show is called Brendan Hunt. The movement you need. I also I I have a ten month old at home, so I'm in nice. the middle of uh, learning a lot, and uh, he's standing and doing all this other stuff now so there's a lot of uh you know i just uh, baby proof the outlets and all that <laughs> other stuff uh so uh, yeah so i know exactly what you're going through but, but congratulations uh Thank brendan you. hunt the movement you need go uh check it out uh, uh incredible solo show shout out uh, to brendan hunt brendan thanks so much for joining me man thanks man thanks for having me the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com